0: Hey, this is Luke Baker, and you're listening to the Tea Talks Podcast. I gather people in my living room and have my friends give short talks on anything they find interesting. We sip on tea, eat Pop-Tarts, and cultivate a community of curiosity. These are those talks recorded live in my living room with my friends. Hope you enjoy.
1: And how I would define matters is different than passion or like, is that matters has to be reflected in time and so if you think about when things matter the most you do them instantly so if you have a family member who it's the middle of the night and across town and it's raining and their car breaks down it doesn't matter what you're doing you're going to go help them if that test or that project really matters for you the next day it it doesn't matter what else is going to go on you're going to commit to that If there's a relationship that truly matters to you, you're leaning into that and prioritizing that above everything else.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Tea Talks Podcast. Now, if you were to come to a Tea Talks event at my house these days, you would see about a dozen parking signs down the street. And the reason for those signs actually happened right before this talk by Sam Rand. Police were called and came to the house, and basically neighbors called because there were too many cars on the streets. So after a lot of conversations, upset neighbors, and getting to know the city councilmen, we have about a dozen parking signs in front of our house now. That's just something that happened right before this talk. This talk comes from 2019, but it's aged well because during the pandemic, I think many of us have started thinking more about what matters to us. What do we value and how do we structure our lives and time around that? This 15 minute talk by Sam will help you navigate just those questions. So I hope you find it helpful and entertaining.
1: I have a question for you guys. Do y'all remember the very first time you were asked about what gets you fired up? What are you passionate about? When was the very first time you were asked? For me, it was in college, like many of you. Uh, I remember I was at a conference, freshman, maybe it was sophomore year, arguably one of the most passionate speakers I'd ever seen. And he just keeps yelling, fired up, fired up, fired up. And I'm like, he might have a heart attack. Like, (laughs) he's very, very excited. But his passion and energy was so evident. And I remember leaving that event and, and even the conversations afterward and uh, dining halls and residence halls about what does get me fired up. And I did some reflection on that question, but I couldn't help but to think at the same time that it, it seemed like there was something else. Like it, it seemed like there was something else beyond just burning with passion. I mean, if I, I think about kind of the series of questions the first is what do you like like what is that maybe a little bit of a spark of maybe it's a food you like or a sports team you enjoy but this is something that sparks uh, pleasure or enjoyment in your life but beyond that is a question I just alluded to of what are you passionate about this is the bonfire in your life and this is what gets you fired up what are you obsessed with what um, gives you motivation and energy like nothing else. And the third question for me after reflecting was what matters to me and how I would define matters is different than passion or like is that matters has to be reflected in time. And so if you think about when things matter the most, you do them instantly. So if you have a family member who it's the middle of the night and across town and it's raining and their car breaks down, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're going to go help them. If that test or that project really matters for you the next day, it it doesn't matter what else is going to go on. You're going to commit to that. If there's a relationship that truly matters to you, you're leaning into that and prioritizing that above above everything else. And so when I think about passion, I think about a bonfire, but when I think about what matters, I I think about what's reflected in time and over time, sometimes like a combustion engine where it's these continuous fires are going and going, but are able to sustain a vehicle over a long distance. And so when I think about what matters I, I go back to that example of i don't i don't know if anyone here has seen like the urgent and important matrix has anybody seen that um so it's essentially like picture your old math graph we're back in math class right now one axis is urgency so on one end of it is not urgent at all the other end of it is super urgent and the other axis is importance. of how is this important or it's not important. Pretty simple, right? And what's powerful about that grid is the immediate inclination and the easiest decisions to make are the two corners. And the two corners are when something's not urgent and not important, you don't do it. And if something's very urgent and very important, you go and do it. But where it gets slightly more complex is when something is not urgent at all, but it's very important, or it's Not as important, but it's very urgent. And these are things that can fill our time naturally. And so I want to tell y'all a story that illustrates the power of what matters and how when something matters to you the most, it's reflected in your time and your schedule. For my last job, I actually got to work on car seats and baby gear. And one of the things I was immediately surprised by when I started working on car seats was how many car seats are installed and used incorrectly. Depending on what statistic or source you're looking at, 70 to 90% of car seats aren't being used correctly. 70 to 90, I'll say it one more time, 70 to 90% of car seats aren't being used correctly. That's astounding. I mean, think of little cousins and little brothers and nephews and um, babies that aren't riding in a several thousand pound vehicle going 60 miles an hour down a highway with other thousand pound vehicles that are also going 60 miles per hour and they're not installed and secured correctly in a vehicle. And one of the biggest privileges of that job was I actually got to work with our team of car seat advocates. This is a a group of people who has dedicated their lives to child passenger safety and keeping kids safe. And so this was a small group of about 10 to 15 people who had given their lives to child passenger safety, whether it was through nonprofits or the government, or this was the biggest hobby of their life. But these were people who spent hours and weekends and days dedicated to helping kids and families ride safer. And part of that role was twice a year, we got that group together and really it was a time because they were, they spent so much time in the field helping so many families. This was a time for them to come gather together, report back to us. Like, what were you seeing in the field? Like, how are people using car seats? Like, what could we be doing better? Get product feedback, things like that. And so last June, I helped gather the group together for that summit and it was amazing. Talk about passionate people. You you can't get them to not talk about car seats because that's their life and how much they love it and the stories they have of what they've seen and how many people they have helped. And it, it's just absolutely spectacular. And I remember sitting at that summit, just sitting in the room, taking notes for a discussion. And one of the people there was a woman named Jennifer. And Jennifer had, with a couple of their moms, just her eyes had been opened about child passenger safety. And this was not only so important for her and her kid, but she realized there's so many parents and caregivers who don't know about this. Like, how can I help them? How can I reach more? Uh, how can we get this awareness out? This is information that other people have to have. And so they started something called car seats for the littles. And it grew from like a Facebook page and a website to this huge community of a quarter million people that it's parents who some of them for the very first time are having a kid and they want to find out the very best about keeping their kids safe and jennifer worked on this team to uh, help run social media and the website and just get the right information to as many parents as possible and not just she wasn't just on her computer helping she was also in the backs of the cars in omaha nebraska where she was from and almost every weekend, she was always out there helping more families because think about the numbers, 70 to 90% aren't installed correctly. And I remember sitting in that meeting and just seeing Jennifer's passion and her telling and recalling the last six months of how she had helped families, what she was seeing and just how she was trying to address the field. And even she also has a child who has a a disability. And for those families, a car seat can be several thousand dollars if it's specialized so their kid can move correctly. So how can they make that more accessible? And it was such a, a pleasure and honor to be in that room with so many advocates who are dreaming up the world where kids aren't getting hurt in cars or accidents. So a couple days later, we like we finished the summit. It goes great. So much feedback, pages and pages of notes and follow-ups. Um, I get an email, and the email said that back in Omaha, Jennifer and her husband were leaving church. They had one of their kids in the back seat and they were driving down the highway car accidentally uh, crossed the road and Jennifer and her husband were killed immediately. But because of what mattered to Jennifer, which was car seats and her family and her relationship with God She had done everything exactly right with her kid in the backseat perfectly. And while the parents died tragically, their child in the backseat lived. And so when I, I think back to that incident that happened last June, I am amazed by a person who dedicated her life to what mattered to her. And it wasn't just her mental thought and energy dedicated to it. If you looked at her calendar, if you looked at where she was spending her time, it was reflected of that as well. And so a couple of things that I want y'all to think about when you think about aligning what matters to you and your schedule. One is that don't confuse busyness with, purpose don't confuse a full calendar with what matters because remember going back to that grid there are things that are urgent that aren't important at all and my fear for all of us including myself is that we end up spending more time on things that don't matter than what does matter and the people who do matter to us and I I don't know if I have any visual learners out there, but I'm a very visual person. and, And part of the way that I help keep myself accountable in the pulse check is literally looking at my calendar and thinking about on one hand, what matters to me, what's important to me, who are the people who matter to me? And then looking at that calendar and thinking, you know, my parents matter a lot and I haven't called them in a week and a half or two weeks or my family matters to me or the, the various things that matter to me. Am I taking the time to make those a part of my schedule? Because it, it's our time. And as we're reminded by Jennifer as well, we don't know how much of that we have, but it's how we use it every day that matters.
0: for sharing sam and thank you all for giving it a listen i'm working on publishing a few more episodes that'll be released here soon so stay tuned as we have some incredible insights coming your way but until then stay curious and stay kind